ewolo to eko gba ninu ewe rugba eti lo berin fi ngbon oro esuru se fuja o telowo niyan alangba se fuja o telowo ogiri olamorin ajapa se fuja o telowo mi erona lo nro yan katogbo erin ki fun komo Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Yoruba Proverbs podcast. I'm your host, Bidemi Ologunde. Eka bosi abala ikokon li logoji eto owe Yoruba. Oruko mini Bidemi Ologunde. On this episode, I'll be analyzing five Yoruba proverbs that describe self-awareness, self-respect, and poking one's nose into other people's affairs. So according to Yoruba tradition, a young person quoting proverbs in the presence of adults must do so humbly and respectfully. Therefore, in line with tradition, I humbly crave the indulgence of my parents and elders before going ahead with this episode. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So the first proverb I have says, Eri ki fon, komore and that translates to an elephant trumpeting is never answered by its young's trumpeting. Eri ki fon, The trumpeting of an elephant is never answered by the trumpeting of that elephant's offspring. So in other words, there's this concept of self-respect, self-awareness that permeates every culture. And we see that in the animal kingdom. Whenever there is, um, and we all know elephants have hierarchy. They are a very close-knit animal group. They move around in groups of four or five. And it's the maternal elephant that is usually the leader of that pack. So when it comes to trumpeting, it, it serves so many different purposes. Sometimes it's meant as a roll call. Sometimes it's meant to warn other groups of elephants of maybe impending danger. Sometimes it's meant as a call that food is nearby or it's just for, like I mentioned earlier, a roll call. So the, the eldest elephant in each pack of elephants does that trumpeting. And whenever that happens, the youngest offspring or the offspring of that elephant doing the trumpeting, they don't go about also sounding their own trumpets because that is the job of one particular elephant in each pack of elephants. So that basically reminds us that wherever we find ourselves, there is usually hierarchies in the family, in the workplace, even among friend groups. And everyone should know their place within that hierarchy so that not only shouldn't there be duplication of efforts, it's just a sign of respect. So when someone is saying something or laying down certain principles and guidelines, then the person that is meant to follow those principles shouldn't now come out and say, because of their ego, then I have to say my own set of principles and guidelines. Well, who is supposed to follow those guidelines if the youngest person is the one dictating the guidelines? So this can basically be interpreted in so many different ways. It can be applied to so many different scenarios 
basically like almost every other proverb in every other culture. Eriki fon, komorio fon. An elephant's trumpeting is never answered by its offspring's trumpeting. So the second proverb I have says, Erona, lonroin oka togbo. It is people who use the path, the pathway, that will spread the word about corn that has just matured. Erona, lonroin oka togbo. It is the people who take a particular pathway that will spread the word about corn that has just matured along that pathway. So in typical Yoruba culture, and I'm sure in almost every other culture where farming is a popular activity or a means of sustenance, farms can spring up in any part of the town, in any part of the village. And usually where there are farms, there are roads and pathways nearby because for there to be a farm located there, then there has to be accessibility. So whenever the corn, which is mostly the staple food in Yoruba culture, whenever corn that is planted by a pathway, by a roadside, whenever that corn is ready for harvesting, the people who take that path will be one of the first people to see it. Most times, usually before the owner of the farm. And then those people would inevitably spread the word that Mr. X or Mrs. X's corn on so-so-so farm is now matured for harvesting. So, in other words, a noteworthy accomplishment doesn't need to advertise itself. Because as we see in this analogy, corn that is ready for harvesting will not necessarily have to announce itself. The people who see that farm, who see the corn every day would be the first set of people to spread the word even before the owner of the farm gets to know about the the nature of his or harvest. It is people who use the pathway that will spread the word about corn that is mature along that particular pathway. So the third proverb I have says, so this translates to the Esuru yam forgets itself and loses favor with the pounded yam maker. The lizard forgets itself and loses favor with the wall. The tortoise-like nameless person forgets himself and loses all regard with me. So I'll take the proverb again and the translation again. The Esuru Yam forgets itself and loses favor with the pounded yam maker. The lizard forgets itself and loses favor with the wall. The tortoise-like nameless person forgets himself and loses all regard 
with me. So this proverb is one of those proverbs that has three elements and each element is describing one particular concept. And incidentally, all three elements kind of interact with one another. So that's the beauty of Yoruba language. And I'm sure other languages have something similar in terms of wordplay that is used to set up proverbs. So the first part of this proverb is talking about yam. So usually, pounded yam is a staple food among the Yoruba people. And good pounded yam is made from a particular type of yam. So that particular type of yam does not include the esuru yam. So the esuru yam is like a porous yam. Even when you cook it and you want to eat it as yam, it has this porosity. And when you pound it, it doesn't make that gelatinous nature that is typically known for good pounded yam. So in other words, the esuru yam is not used to make pounded yam. So the first part of this proverb is now describing how the esuru yam forgets itself and therefore loses favor with the pounded yam maker. So the esuru yam couldn't basically comport itself, couldn't maintain a good trait to be used for pounded yam, which is considered a highly regarded staple food. So the types of yam, the the yams that compose themselves find favor in the eyes of the pounded yam maker. The esuru yam doesn't find favor in the eyes of the pounded yam maker because it lacks those good qualities that the good pounded yam maker would look for to make pounded yam. So the second part of the proverb talks about a lizard that forgets itself and loses favor with the wall. So lizards, as we all know, they are climbers in Nigeria and most parts of Africa. Lizards basically find homes within walls. So depending on what material is used to build build the walls, it's brick or concrete, usually lizards will just hang out very high on the wall to escape from their predators and the wall doesn't mind the wall would house the lizard basically however a lizard that forgets itself loses favor with the wall and wouldn't find the habitat on the wall and would basically fall prey to whatever it is looking to eat lizards So the first two parts of this proverb basically talks about how something, in the first instance, yam, and in the second instance, an animal, a lizard, can forget themselves and lose favor with that thing that is supposed to increase their profile, that thing that is supposed to provide sanctuary for them, that thing that is supposed to raise their value, basically. So now the third part of the proverb is describing a person. But then in describing this person, something else is used to describe that person. So this phrase, it's like in Yoruba folklore, when you're 
telling a story and kids gather around to listen to stories from the elders, a typical protagonist or antagonist, depending on the way you look at each story, is the tortoise. And like in every other story or nursery rhyme, you assign a namelessness, a kind of namelessness to the protagonist or antagonist in each story. For example, Humpty Dumpty. And then there's so many other examples in English nursery rhymes. So in the same way in Yoruba folklore, in Yoruba storytelling traditions, a tortoise and the spouse of the tortoise have this namelessness assigned to them. Ola Moria Japa is usually used to describe a nameless tortoise in Yoruba folklore. And then the spouse of this Ola Moria Japa is usually called Yonibo. I don't exactly know what those two words mean, but if you hear those two names, you know that, okay, this thing is being used to describe someone that is nameless, someone that is not meant to be regarded, someone that basically has zero value, someone you could easily get away with by disrespecting them. So the third part of this proverb is now using this nameless folklore descriptive noun as a way to describe someone who forgets himself or herself and in doing that loses all regard with the person involved. So we can see how the first two parts of this proverb first talks about the Esuruyam forgets itself, loses favor with the Pandanian maker. The lizard forgets itself and loses favor with the wall. And now, the tortoise-like nameless person, Ola Moria Japa, forgets himself and loses all regard with me. So in other words, breaking down this proverb and just showing the beauty of the Yoruba language and folk tales and so many different things interacting with each other in just this one proverb shows the richness of the Yoruba language and how if we're not careful and we forget ourselves and we forget to practice decency and self-respect and self-awareness, we end up losing favor in the eyes of people we shouldn't lose favor with. So again, a suru shefuja the Esuruyam forgets itself and loses favor with the Pandadian maker. The lizard forgets itself and loses favor with the wall. The tortoise-like nameless person forgets himself and loses all regard with me. So, someone who doesn't know is our place, sooner or later suffers disgrace and embarrassment and disrespect and on and on and on. So, the fourth proverb I have here says, Eti It is only with the ears that a woman hears the voice of Oro. Eti it is only with the ears that a woman hears the voice of Oro. 
So in traditional Yoruba culture, there are different gods and goddesses and deities that at every point in time, depending on the season and time of the year, and whether any special incident is happening within some towns and villages, there are deities that need to to be worshipped in specific ways, forms of rituals and ceremonial gatherings and so on. So the Oro deity, O-R-O, is one such deity where the priests in charge of that deity, they, they come together, they have specific rituals that have to be done in specific ways, including stuff that have to be done at night, some things have to be done early in the morning, and so on. Some things have to be done at night during a full moon, some things have to be done at night when there's no full moon, and so on and so forth. So for Oro in particular, women and kids should not see the procession of these Oro priests whenever these Oro rituals are being done. For some reason, no idea why. So this proverb is basically saying, for this particular deity, Oro, it is only the ears that a woman hears the voice of Oro, only with the ears. A woman should not see an Oro priest or the Oro god and everything associated with the Oro deity. So in other words, we shouldn't intrude into affairs that don't concern us because usually that could bring catastrophic consequences, it could bring some unexpected, unwanted, avoidable consequences. Because it's not just with religious practices in the traditional Yoruba culture that we see warnings such as this. There are so many analogies with animals and mountains and trees that basically say one should pay attention and focus and don't intrude into affairs that do not concern you. It is only with the ears that a woman hears the voice of Oro. So the last proverb I have here says, Which among the leaves of the locust bean tree is adequate enough to receive solid pap? Which one among the leaves of the locust bean tree is adequate enough to receive solid pap? So solid pap is a gel-like fermented starchy food. And it's usually served in leaves. And the leaves that are used to serve it has to be a specific size and shape because it has to be folded in a particular way that the contents don't leak when it is being cooked. So the locust bean tree is now being used to describe this incongruency in the method of preparing echo solid pap. The locust bean tree has leaves that are narrow and slender and basically all they do is hold the pods of the locust bean. So now think about 
peas in a pod and peanuts and every other thing that has that pod-like shape. And now you're thinking about preparing food that is gelatinous and solid and takes up space and you need something with a big surface area, a broad surface area to be able to serve a decent amount of portion for the average consumer of solid pap. The last thing you would want to think of is serving that solid pap inside the low-cost bean leaves. So in other words, there are certain feats that are beyond certain people. And we shouldn't presume to do things that are beyond our capabilities. So whenever leaves are campaigning to hold echo and to be the medium of serving echo solid pap, the locust bean tree should be the last person to show up as a candidate for serving solid pap. So all of this is just a very elaborate way of saying that there are certain feats and traits and capabilities that are beyond certain people. And we shouldn't presume that we can do things that are beyond our capabilities. So that's all I have for this episode 41 of the Yoruba Proverbs podcast. Thanks for listening. The Yoruba Proverbs podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowale Productions. Audio engineering and graphic design by Bidemi Ologunde. Senior producer, Bidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolari Ologunde and Tobilaba Ologunde. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Yoruba Proverbs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdemi at bdemiologunde.com. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if you find it valuable and your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.